It's Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are doing another spotlight on one of our staff members, and we are joined by Emily Hembry. And we are grateful to be joined by Emily, and Emily is beloved around our staff, but also by my children. Um, And she has done so much. She comes from Mobile, South Alabama, and lives in Birmingham. Emily, first, tell us a little bit more about your current role at Lifeline and what you do as a part of our team. Yeah, so my official title here is the China Travel Coordinator, and I get to work with families and walk alongside families to a very, very special step in their process. Um, This has been a process that families have been in for a long time. They have seen the ups and the downs of um, just the Lord writing their adoption story, and I get to come alongside them when they are given the news that they get to travel. Um, And this is a step in the process that we have been working towards and that families are just over and beyond ecstatic for and I get to watch the Lord work through their lives and their testimonies day in and day out as I prepare them to go to China. I support them while they're in China and then just am able to follow up with them once they're home. And you spent a lot of time studying for this position, laughing of course, but you did have a lot of studies in college to prepare you for ministry in China. So talk a little bit about the schooling and everything that you have done both at Sanford and elsewhere to prepare you for what the Lord has for you. Yeah, sure. So the Lord really sparked my heart for China as a whole and really just Chinese culture when I was maybe 14 or 15 years old. And I took that and began studying the language and I studied international studies in college, but my emphasis was on language studies. Um, So I studied Chinese and then graduated undergraduate with um, a major in international studies and Chinese language and just felt that in order to really become an insider and understand um, all the ways that the Lord is just inside and interwoven in this culture, I needed to live there and I needed to really brush shoulders with them in a day in and day out basis. And so I moved to China right after I graduated undergraduate studies and I lived there serving um, as an English teacher with an incredible team and lived there, studied the culture, um, was able to build deep meaningful relationships and study the language more for about a year. Um, And so I moved back a little over a year after that and um, continued studying my master's degree in uh, language studies and um, global business and graduated from that and that's when I stepped into my position here. So talk a little bit more about what you love so much about China. So China made an impact on you when you were 14, you lived abroad. What is it about the Chinese culture that just brings the smile to your face and the joy to your heart? Yeah, so the Chinese culture is very deep and for anyone who has brushed shoulders with it, even for a second, they'll know that the heart of every Chinese um, individual is really just family and community. And that is something that I learn from every day and I really take and I cherish in my own family as everything is done for the next purpose. Um, Everything is done in a very, what a lot of people term as a collectivist environment, Um, but it's all done for the greater good of everyone else. And I think that's such, whether or not they're Christ followers or not, that's just such a beautiful representation of the gospel and about how we all serve as the body of Christ and we are all 
representations of a different part of that body and we couldn't do it without one another mm. and that is something that speaks to me volumes every day still so talking about the time you spent in china what were some of your favorite takeaways or moments mm. that will live with you forever mm. when you were living in china for me there are a couple things that come to mind and the first thing was um the environment that they live in is just something that um it's an environment of survival really and every day is more of um how are we going to find the beauty in this day and what do we need to survive this day and to help each other survive this day and the joy that comes in simplicity um that's something that i learned to treasure and value um, when I was in China, and I definitely didn't move to China with that mindset. I moved to China more with a mindset of um, all of the adventures that I'm going to have and all of the crazy takeaway stories that I'm going to have, and then moving and into an impoverished village where the adventure of your day is driving a tuk-tuk to go get your vegetables and meats to cook for supper. Um, there was just something about slowing down, where I thought I was moving into a season of speeding up and... Um, all sorts of unknowns it was really a season of slowing down and really cherishing the quiet moments with community and building relationships and that was just another thing that really spoke volumes to me was just how deep the relationships go I would say for about six months it was it was hard um, as a foreigner as an outsider as a teacher it's hard to go deep into this culture um, but once you establish that trust and once you build that bridge those relationships are there for a lifetime. Mm. And even now being back in the States for the past couple of years, the relationships that I maintain there and the followers of Jesus that um, were developed while we were there are still sisters and brothers to me in such a meaningful way. And and they embolden me. And so it's just such a beautiful testimony to have been able to have the opportunity to lead them to Christ and now watch them lead me to Christ and the mm. cross every day. Mm. Um, and that's something that will get me emotional every time I talk about it because they truly inspire me. And I think that's just such a special part of their culture. Um, yeah. The simplicity that you talk about is just something that I think people, when they think about China, they see the millions and millions and billions of people and the fast-paced, big urban cities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even in the cities, life is slow because it's in neighborhoods and right. it's in areas and clusters. I right. remember when our family was there for several weeks, you know, and then we come back home to the U.S. Mm. and you go to the supermarket, you're overwhelmed with mm -hmm. all the choices and the sizes mm -hmm. and how big things are because you're really looking to survive that day. Right. And it's, it's simplistic even to the Lord's Prayer. Lord, give us this mm -hmm. day our daily bread. Mm. In the United States, we want to, but we build storehouses and pantries for our right. daily bread or right. for our weekly and monthly bread right. where it's day by day, moment by moment. Mm -hmm. And so, and we're preparing these families to go into this mm -hmm. culture not just to go teach English or to mm -hmm. be there uh, to live, but mm -hmm. to bring home a part of this culture into their home through adoption. Mm -hmm. So how is your time, your love, your God-given burden for mm -hmm. China really translated into helping prepare these families to yeah. go, to travel, but also to appreciate yeah. this country that they're going to? Yeah, I, I think that's something that I am humbled by every day as I am on the phone and am... Um, talking to families through email and all the various sorts of communication that I have with families. It's a beautiful testimony to me to not only watch these families go through this adoption journey and this story of bringing their child home, but watch them 
kind of take in the whole of this culture and begin that journey of going deep into this culture and taking on um, a lot of these ideas of the roots of their child that they are adopting and bringing into their home and seeing how they love pre-travel understanding this and going deeper in to understanding this and having an awareness but also when they're there truly I encourage every family while they're traveling you know this is such a special part of your testimony that the Lord has been writing and that the Lord has gone before and is with you now and will go behind you mm-hmm. and take a step back in those moments where you feel like you just can't breathe and just breathe and to really watch the Lord manifest himself in that moment and I watch families and moms and dads time and time again do that mm-hmm. and it's so special for me having been there to be able to watch them in just the short two weeks that they're there really take in this and then travel home with this child and begin to incorporate that into their daily routine and I would say that's one of the biggest privileges of my job here and it makes all the day in and day out correspondences just worth it when you are able to sit back and say I am privileged to watch the Lord's work in this Um, I'm not living there I'm not living in the culture now but I am seeing the Lord manifest himself in that culture day in and day out and that is very special to me what tips would you give families or even folks that are looking to go to China in mm-hmm. the future? To, how would you, how could they prepare themselves yeah. to go to China? And then, obviously, they can't mm-hmm. learn the entire Mandarin mm-hmm. handbook or mm-hmm. language. It's a difficult language. Mm-hmm. But what's a way that they could learn a little bit of language, especially with one that is so complicated? Yeah, I would say there are numerous ways where you can begin to incorporate the language into your daily routines. Um, For families that already have children in the home, a really good way is to have family culture night, um, cook dinner, use chopsticks, and practice saying all the dishes that you're eating um, in Mandarin. There are so many resources online and out there um, to do that with. And then in many, many communities that I have lived in in the States and that I hear other people living in, there are actually lots of Chinese believers and Mm. Chinese churches and really I encourage families to press into those communities because especially adoptive families as they are raising their children to be able to bring those into their family's lives and start incorporating that culture into their family life it's priceless Um, and so to begin to do that is just a great way to prepare yourself not only with a cultural awareness but um, with language resources as well Mm. and then First and foremost, I tell every family when I get on a travel call, you've probably heard me say this if you've been on a travel call with me, um, embrace the ambiguity uh, because we do not see clearly the steps that the Lord has prepared, but he's called us to walk in them and we are doing that. And um, with China, there is a lot of unexpected. I would say the majority of what you experience is unexpected. Um, And so learn to really press into that and to really cherish those moments because those unexpected to us are very expected to the Lord and to just trust that and to lean into it. Well, so think about now a family is back. They've Mm -hmm. brought these children back to the United States. You've had the feeling of living in China for an extended Mm -hmm. amount of time and coming back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. What are some tips you could give families for how to help their children adjust mm-hmm. from a Chinese culture mm-hmm. into an American culture. Mm-hmm. I would say first and foremost, have grace. Um, take everything with joy and laughter. Um, there have been numerous videos that I received of 
toddlers coming home um, and older children too using forks and spoons for the first time mm. um, or maybe you are making soup for dinner and your child is used to slurping that soup straight from the bowl and not using a spoon um, press into those moments and really allow yourself as a family to push into the culture in those little ways in the simple ways you know if your child is used to and accustomed to doing something in their culture in a certain way do that with them mm. experience that with them so that your household can start to become um, not just um, having an understanding of their culture and their heritage and where they come from but really practicing that mm. in the most trivial ways mm. okay well think as well with us Emily like if somebody wants to start mm-hmm. on a daily basis a weekly basis mm-hmm. really intentionally praying for the country of China mm-hmm. What are three or four ways that you would say Mm. these are the things you need to be praying for the Mm -hmm. country of China? One thing that comes to mind when I lived in China, our team leader would remind us every day to pray for the mustard seeds. Um, And so that was something that we incorporated into our daily routines. Uh, We were able to be a part of and experience so many that had gone before us that had planted seeds that they had no idea the Lord was using them to Mm. plant seeds. And just those little interactions allowed us to go that next step deeper Mm. with relationships and um, allowed for that to set a precedence and a tone of, oh yeah, when you're talking to people, you know, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I've Mm. heard this name, Jesus. I've heard this this thing called the Bible. Um, So throughout our journeys, whether we're in America or where the room in China, we pray for the mustard seeds. We pray for those little moments that the Lord is interweaving in everyone's testimony. And we pray that those moments begin to build on one another as the body of Christ is working together, whether or not we're working in the same season, in the same walk, in the same geographic location. Um, it's all brushing shoulders, and the Lord is using it in ways that we cannot um, even understand or begin to understand. So. Um, pray for the relationships, pray for the mustard seeds, that um, the Lord would really soften hearts mm. of those that we come in contact with. Mm. Okay, and so finally, tell us what is your favorite thing about your role on the staff of Lifeline? That's a harder one. Um, so I would say first and foremost, my favorite thing um, being on staff here at Lifeline is I think I have one of the coolest jobs ever. Um, just being able to walk with families through this step of their process is one of the greatest privileges. Um, I would say that's first and foremost something that gets me up and here at the office every day. Um, and just being able to hear their stories and their testimonies and then hear their stories once they're home of um, the hard moments, the ups and the downs of travel and the funny moments, the humorous moments that they found just ironic of cultural differences and just really being able to hear that day in and day out is awesome. And then I would say second to that would just be the lifeline body and the family here that we have as co-workers. It's, you're not coming to work and you're just with co-workers every day. You're here with people who are challenging you, who are walking beside you, who are really supporting you through the ups and the downs of whatever role you have here. Mm-hmm. and being able to have that support and to have that um, church body with you day in and day out allows you to disciple those that you're working with just all the more meaningful. 
We are thankful for you and thankful for our staff that makes this ministry go. And so hopefully throughout this year in 2019, we'll get to highlight more of our staff, the people that make this ministry go and the ones that the Lord is using. And we're especially grateful for Emily Hembry and the way the Lord has used her journey with her education, her time in China and her love for the Chinese people. And so we truly do want to ask you to join in prayer with us for those mustard seed moments that these families have when they go on their adoption journeys for our team as we go and we have meetings with government officials and orphanages that we would be about spreading the fragrance and the seed of Christ everywhere we go. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.